0: ...means the
1: ministry's interfering at Hogwarts. You're not going mad. You're just as sane as I am.
2: I must not tell lies.
1: You seem to be laboring under the delusion that I'm going to... What was the phrase? Come quietly.
0: Hey everyone, welcome to Hogwarts, a podcast. Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of Hogwarts, a podcast. We are covering chapter 34, the Department of Mysteries. We have Elizabeth with us.
1: Hello everyone.
0: And this is kind of an interesting chapter. Uh, It's
1: very mysterious. It's a
0: very mysterious chapter (laughs) and we will dive into all of it. Um, We do have a little bit of a scene by the edge of the Forbidden Forest to start out with the Thestrals, which I know Elizabeth loves so much.
1: <laughs> oh my god, they're my favorite. <laughs> uh,
0: and then we travel to the uh, to the Ministry of Magic, uh, which seems a little odd, and then we get into the actual Department of Mysteries themselves. So we'll go room by room through it, and then we'll kind of, later on in the spoiler section, we'll dive in a little bit deeper, but... What are your thoughts on the Thestral scene outside of the Forbidden Forest?
1: I Okay, well, I love the fact that they have that internal GPS. And I love how Harry just, like, jumps right on. is like, okay, let's go. And then everyone else is like, um, you do realize we can't actually see these things? How are we supposed to get on the Thestrals? So, I mean, obviously Luna, she's able to do it. Neville's able to do it. When you're riding a horse horses don't have wings that get in the way of your legs i was trying to think of like like if you're riding the sestral where are you supposed to actually put your legs so they don't get in the way of the wings
0: well harry says there was like this convenient notch Mm -hmm. like either behind or underneath the wing i can't remember the verbiage but it was either behind or underneath the wings that almost seemed convenient
1: I guess, but I'm like unlike
0: the hippogriff from earlier, which was like where right, because like, he
1: was also saying with the hippogriff, everything was super glossy, and he didn't want to like pull anything out and irritate. the Here, hippogriff. Here
0: it's like they grabbed onto the mane like hard. Well, they're like,
1: also like they're so bony, right? So yeah. I guess I, I feel like I'd be weary of being too far back, and then my legs getting in the way of the wings because they seem very leathery, and I don't want like.
2: Rip I don't want to rip
1: them. I don't know. <laughs> and then, because they remind me of like bat wings, I guess. But then I also feel like if I'm too close to the head, the way these creatures fly in the air, I would think that I would fall off if like I'm too close, you know, because he says they move very, very, very quickly. Like, I mean, he said this is the fastest he's ever flown, even though he has a firebolt. This was faster.
0: Well, I think there's some things here. I think, obviously, Thestrals, you're getting the sense that they are meant to be ridden, Mm -hmm. in a sense, where Hippogriffs are not. uh, They're a little bit more of a wild creature. It seems like Thestrals are fairly easily domesticated. Granted, we have these that are definitely domesticated from Hagrid. Well, they at
1: least have the sense of direction. I don't know if the hippogriffs have that internal GPS going on.
0: No, I think they have more of a wild nature mm-hmm. GPS, where it's like, yeah, they can still figure out where they're growing,
1: mm-hmm.
0: but you can't just lean and be like, the Ministry of Magic, Go! the <laughs> yeah, the telephone booth on this street. Like, I think that's an inherent quality that the testrels have that make them a little bit more amenable to riding them. Mm-hmm. Like, they seem to be almost made for a mode of transport. As far I guess i kind speed, of though.
1: like I kind of imagine them as like a skeleton version of a Pegasus, and I'm like those wings are big, right? Mm-hmm. Like if if you were to think about how big the wings actually have to be to lift up a creature of that size, I just imagine like it. The only other ways I could think you would ride it would be like kneeling on it, and that would get super uncomfortable very quickly.
0: He says the force with which it jumped off the ground, yeah, was it would, like knock them off. It was substantial, yeah. So. Um, I think to the speed comment that you made before, mm-hmm. it's interesting uh that it Harry notes it's the fastest he's ever flown before
2: mm-hmm.
0: considering his his broom is potent, but at the same time, I can't help but get over the thought of this is clearly a plot device,
1: oh, so we can get the fastest so possible. he can get to London <laughs> and like and
0: not take five pages of transport, you know
1: well, let's be true like i I feel like if it was going. If it was a slower speed, he would be like, come on, come on, let's go. I mean,
0: think about it. If you take a... I'd have to th- find this out. But if you take a plane mm-hmm. from Scotland
2: mm-hmm.
0: or the north of the island of Britain to, like, London. Mm-hmm. You know, that would take probably, what, like... No idea. Half hour.
2: <laughs> okay. Something
0: like that, I would imagine. Okay. Train... Which goes pretty fast. Mm-hmm. Train would be a couple hours. Mm-hmm. Like that'd be like six, seven, eight hours mm-hmm. or more. So you're talking somewhere in between <laughs> that? it's only a couple of hours. It seems like it was, I guess he said a vague like hours or something like that. Yeah. Seemed like a long time.
1: It, one way the other, it's a very long time to be riding something that you cannot see. I would not enjoy that in the slightest.
0: Yeah, that's a whole other type of roller coaster
1: ride, <laughs> and I don't like roller coasters all that much. So I don't think I would enjoy this.
0: Give Ron, uh, Hermione, Ginny some credit for.
1: Yeah, they did really braving, well braving that. Really, really well. Definitely the Gryffindor in them coming out.
0: Yeah, that would be another example of bravery. Although I don't think and. I don't think any of the three of them particularly enjoyed the experience. Which is a little surprising in Ginny's case because she is used to being in the air. She is used to going fast.
1: But seeing what she's on.
0: Yeah. Well, and Harry notes, like, he gave him a little bit of credit because it's like, you can't even... Yeah. You have no mode of seeing what's supporting you as you're this high up. Yeah. That's crazy.
1: I mean, like, even when they depart, like, Ron stumbles over the wing or something and 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 falls flat into it and it just makes me wonder once again like how did these creatures get discovered for the people who can't see them you know like like obviously somebody could see them at some point if they saw someone die but then describing to someone it's just I just imagine how many people walked literally into it and be like, what is right in front of me that I cannot see?
0: Well, before they even take off, Ron mentions, like, this is kind of weird getting up on something that I can't see. Mm -hmm. And then Harry makes a really dark comment where he's like, I hope you can't see it. (laughs) And it's like, that comment... Like, the first time you read it, you might not understand the context. And you're mm-hmm. like, oh, that's a weird comment or a funny comment to make. And then you understand what he means by it. And it's like, if Ron can suddenly see this thing, it means he's seen one of them.
1: Right. It's a very dark, by... it's a dark, dark humor, humor joke It's a make. really
0: dark comment.
1: Yeah. But in terms of the Thestrals themselves, I mean, they're having the time of their lives. Because we get to take a day trip to, you know, downtown London. And then go dig in the dumpsters and have a little snack. They did their job well.
0: <laughs> they did. We, we arrived at the Ministry of Magic, and we get into the infamous telephone booth with the code. Yeah,
1: 62442. Magic. Magic. Magic.
0: And uh, they spout out these little badges, and it's Harry sees his as Harry Potter rescue mission.
1: Which did make me pose the question... This voice that creates these badges for them, is this like a magical version of artificial intelligence?
0: I would assume so, but I I assume it's like essentially just an input and you give it input and it will give you an output. You know what I mean? (laughs) Yeah. Like like a call and response kind of thing. Yeah. So I don't, probably.
1: Because they create these badges for them with their names and they're so specific as to what they're doing here. It's a little dramatic. Yeah, this, 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 rescue mission. This,
0: this unembodied voice has a little bit of drama to it. With, <laughs> like, I'm going to put some dramatic flair on this. Yeah. Um, But you can't help but read that and be like, wow, this is definitely feeding Harry's savior complex. Oh, 100%. Do you think he saves this badge?
1: <laughs> we'll Puts it in like a little scrapbook or something? Yeah.
0: <laughs> like almost like a trophy?
1: some sort okay that just makes me think like what else would he have in this little trophy like case of things from each year
0: you think well Ron could have a chest piece from the sorcerer's stone
1: that'd be a big chest piece
0: that'd be super awesome though it'd be (laughs) sweet
1: I feel like he would have the snitch he could
0: have a key he could have a flying key
1: oh that would be fun that'd be cool okay I would steal a flying key flying key maybe a basilisk fang a
0: basilisk fang would be sweet that'd be a good one yep um, Prisoner of Azkaban. Um, Hippogriff feather?
1: Yeah, okay. <laughs> what would it be? F- well, he has the egg, right? They got to keep their eggs for Goblet of Fire. Yeah,
0: I believe that would be a trophy he would be able to I keep.
1: feel like that would be a good trophy to have. And then, yeah, now now he could have his little badge.
0: <laughs> I'm just saying it. I think it would be a pretty cool trophy to have. Anyway, uh, there does seem to be an ominous vibe as soon as they get into the Ministry of Magic because they're expecting some security person to be there.
1: Well, especially since he's been to the, the ministry before and he knows what it looks like on a normal day. This place is abandoned.
0: Uh, yeah. There's
1: nobody around. Which That's weird. This is
0: the Ministry of Magic. Right. They're assuming it has international business spanning time zones.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: People have to be here 24-7. Yeah, not just security. I mean, like people working at the ministry. There has to be people there.
1: Yeah, this place doesn't like shut down. This isn't right. Yeah,
0: it' weird. It's a weird vibe to get early. Which, if you were Harry, would this feed your suspicions or would it cast doubt on what's going on? Feed it. It would. would I I feel like if
1: yeah, because if it's like this is weird, clearly this means Voldemort has come through and like. I don't know. Killed everybody and got rid of their bodies, and he's waiting with Sirius and in the room with the orbs, and like, oh, he's just waiting for me. Like that has to be the case, right? Isn't that the? That's what I would think. I mean,
0: even if that was the case, wouldn't you be like? I mean, it looks pristine and quiet. I don't know. It just it <laughs>
1: scorchify.
0: <laughs> I would be suspicious. I'd be like, there's got to be somebody here, right? What somebody? would
1: you, if you were suspicious? What would you be thinking? Like, where everybody is. I would be on
0: edge. I'd be on, like, high alert. Yeah. Because I'm like, this, this This. isn't right.
1: I think it would just, like, I would think it. this isn't right, but it would just confirm for me that what I saw is 100% true.
0: Fair enough. So <laughs> we get to the Department of Mysteries. The
1: room we've been dreaming about the entire book.
0: Doesn't exactly go as planned for Harry, though. No. He gets into this large circular room, which he has seen before. Mm -hmm. It's completely black. It's only lit by some blue flame candles, which Mm -hmm. reflect eerily on the floor. And there's about a dozen or so doors around the room. And as soon as the door they came through uh, shuts closed, the room begins to spin at a rapid rate.
1: You know what it honestly reminds me a little bit of Hmm. in the Haunted Mansion in Disney World? There's the room with all the stretching portraits, you know? Yeah. I will get excited when I'm mentioning this. But the fact that they, one of the things that they say when you walk into the room is like, there's no way out. And then all oh, the lights go out. And then you see someone like, ah, like hanging from the ceiling. And they're like, that's our way out. This reminds me of, of yes, there's all these doors. So there are ways out, but it's like you don't know where you're going and the room rotating is purposely trying to mess with you. And it's so dark and gloomy that it's like you're literally walking into death here. That's the vibe I get. Well, even
0: the candles burning on the sides kind of disorient you because it just blurs together and it's like a line and it's like burned into your eyes. And it's
1: like the last time we saw blue candles was, what, the death day party? Right, I it has that same so, yeah. vibe going on, yeah. so it's, ooh, creepy.
0: It's very eerie, yeah. Mm-hmm. So, per Harry's dream,
1: mm-hmm.
0: uh, they go across the room, and they open the door that should be the room. Mm-hmm. And what we get in the first room, there's some low-hanging lamps. It's pretty much empty, except for a couple of desks. And this large glass tank mm-hmm. in the center that's has deep green water, and it's full of a number of pearly white objects, which we later find out are brains.
1: whose brains do you think they were studying? Like muggle brains, wizard brains, specifically <clears throat> oh. specific people brains?
0: I yeah, this raises a whole bunch of questions, <laughs> some of which you just illustrated. <laughs> uh, it could be it could be muggle. It could be wizard. Uh, they could just be trying to study what like the, the human general uh, brain is like, mm-hmm. and obviously we as real life people are trying to still study the brain and right. figure out all of the mysteries that the brain involves right. and how it really, really works and how we're all able to do you know complicated thought and complicated motions and all this or stuff
1: disorders and diseases all that yeah stuff this specific room. Gives me vibes of the Shedd Aquarium in Chicago. Yeah, with the massive like fish tank that they have in the center. In the center
0: of the room. Yeah, yeah. it's an interesting first room to see.
1: Mm-hmm. It's off-putting. Like Hermione is like, this is this is weird. Weird. This is it, well, it looks like unnatural.
0: An enormous version of one of the jars in Snape's
1: office. Yeah, I mean, with Snape's office, you'd imagine the specimen is just in the jar. These seem to be moving around. Yeah, they're so, like are they swimming or like they, almost like jellyfish kind of. Yeah,
0: are they their own actual creature? Like, do they even have to be like the brain of a real person, or are they just their own entity? I'm gonna go with the assumption that they're most likely from deceased individuals, and they're using the brains as a mode of studying. Hmm. Uh, just thought something. Yeah. yeah. All right, so they quickly decipher that this is not the room that they need to be in. So so they leave, and just as the door is shutting, Hermione thinks very quickly Mm -hmm. to mark the door. So they don't have the same issue of it closing, rotating, and not being able to know which door is which.
1: Which I like that thought, but I also wonder how long that X lasted, you know?
0: It is Hermione, so it's probably a potent spell. True. but It's also a very
1: magical room, though.
0: That's true. Yeah, you don't know the real effects of it, but it seems seems to do at least up.
1: eliminates one of the however many doors there are. So that's something.
0: So they pick a second room. Mm-hmm. Uh, this room is larger than the first. It's rectangular, dimly lit. Uh, it has this large pit, almost like an amphitheater. Yeah. With stone rows coming up as like the seats, and in the center is an ancient stone archway with a tattered black curtain or veil. And it's, it's almost set up like, this room is almost set up as though it's supposed to be for education purposes. Like people yeah. literally come in, yeah, sit in the amphitheater like rows mm-hmm. and with notebook and stuff like that and just try to actually study this archway in the center.
1: I don't know why it always struck me as interesting with this room that people enter from the top of the room. And maybe that's just because all my college classes that were in rooms similar to this, you'd come in from the bottom level where that, like, pit would be. And then you would, like, go up the stairs to get to your seat. Really? But this is, yeah, yeah. this is, like, coming down into it. I don't I had, know. Like, I had
0: both. You could enter either way. <laughs> I, I always, it
1: was you coming from the bottom and you go up to the top. So it always just struck me as, like, the focus is really this this arch that's, yeah, down in the center yeah. with the veil that doesn't... It's like moving, even though there's no wind in the room. Yep, that's an important
0: detail. And the detail that Harry also throws in is like, it's so ancient. He's wondering how this thing is even still standing. Magic. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Clearly, it's magic. They don't understand because Mm -hmm. so do you think this archway was here and they built everything around it? Or do you think they transported this in?
2: Oh, that's a good question.
0: Because how would you transport this in? <laughs>
1: this has to be something that was there first and they built around it. They built the whole, like the whole mystery magic built around this. I could very much this. see that. Yeah, because yeah, how would you transport something like this? It's gotta be.
0: So um, I like that theory. Harry is very intrigued by this. He feels an urge to walk up
1: to and
0: through the veil. Mm-hmm. And he can hear some faint murmuring noises. Which some... Luna
1: also hears these voices.
0: Yeah. Uh, Luna um, Luna can hear it. Neville and Ginny end up getting entranced by the veil themselves.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: He hears some whispering coming from it. He thinks it might be Ron. And Ron's in a different location. He's like, no, I'm over here. Yeah. Like, I'm, I'm right here. Yeah. <laughs> and Hermione is very put off by this. Yeah. He's She's, like, terrified. This is not right. Yeah. Like, this gives me some bad vibes. We need to go. Like, we've already spent a long time here. How it's, much time do you think they've... How much time do you think they actually spend here? Oh, it's vague. They don't actually say. Other than Hermione being like, hey, we we gotta go.
1: I could see 20 minutes.
0: I could see this being like, you feel like it's a minute or two. Mm-hmm, but it's And real, in reality, uh, it's like 15, 20 minutes that you're yeah, standing here.
1: Yeah. Because, I mean, like, they don't... They say it's a very, very large room. And, I mean... This could be anything from the size of like a college lecture hall to a more like stadium type amphitheater. You know, like they don't really say in magic. We know it could expand a room as much as they want it to. He went down to it. He was getting closer and closer to it. I don't know and...
0: why I feel like I just get the vibes of like an ancient Greek
1: amphitheater. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah I do too.
0: Um. So yeah, uh, it's interesting that. We'll get back to that later. But
1: I mean, the only way she's able to pull him away from it is just being like, We are here for serious serious black. Your godfather. Come on. And he's like, Oh yeah. Yeah, it kind
0: of shakes him out of his yeah. trance for yeah, uh, lack of a better word. Mm-hmm. Although it is it is pretty much a trance. Mm-hmm. So they get out of that room, Hermione marks it again. And they get into a third door. Well, they don't even get into it.
1: <laughs> they try. They come
0: up to a third door and it remains shut no yeah. matter what they try.
1: They tried Alhamora, that didn't work. They tried Sirius's fancy knife,
0: which the blade melted. Yeah so that's awesome <laughs> uh, i like
1: how ron's like that's definitely the door and it's like well no he walked through the door in his right. dreams hermione's, we can't open this hermione's
0: on top of harry's dreams yeah <laughs> <Hermione's> <laughs> which like
1: to be to like side tangent for a second what do you think it's like for neville luna and ginny to be hearing that everything we're doing right now is based on dreams that harry's been having Like, I get Ginny could see it as, well, it worked for saving my dad. Correct. But Neville and Luna haven't heard anything about that.
0: Neville seems pretty defiant on Harry's side. Like, he's a ride or die with Mm -hmm. Harry because of the scene from long ago in the Gryffindor Dormitory, Right. Where he's fighting Dean and Seamus and being like, no, 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 I believe Harry. And Harry's I guess right. he's had
1: five years of experience of this, too. Yeah. And I know Luna will just go along with anything Luna because she's pretty, Luna.
0: Luna. Okay, here's the thing with Luna. She <laughs> seems just present, mm-hmm. but she seems, like, arguably one of the more adventurous members of this group. True. Like, she is down for whatever they decide to do. It reminds me
1: of the people who twa- like want to get into Area 51. And they're like, you know, now that I've believed all these woo things, now I'm in here. I'm like, well, I want to check out everything.
0: Well, she just seemed like, even from getting on the Thestrals mm-hmm. and waiting for them to take off to now, she just seems like pleasantly amused by the adventure that she's having.
1: But do you think that's because she doesn't really have friends like, this is a friend adventure for her? She. This isn't like a life or death. This is like, I'm hanging out with my friends.
0: Yeah, she might be pleased. Well, she yes, she's probably pleased that she's just hanging out with a group of people mm-hmm. that seem to accept her. But don't sleep on Luna. She's a Ravenclaw for a reason. I think she's still very much aware mm-hmm. of what's going on. <laughs> uh, she might not know to what extent, but I think she's still like,
1: I still think it'd be funny to hear, like, Ron and Hermione being like, oh, Harry, your dream, and this and this happened when you dreamed this, and I'd be like, wait, 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 we're here because he dreamed something?
0: <laughs> Luna does not care that much. I know. Luna does not care. <laughs> uh, like I said, Neville's a ride-or-die with Harry. He'll do whatever. And Ginny, like you said, is on board because these dreams help save her dad.
1: Well, I know you and Julie were talking about, like, what other... Members of the DA would we take with Mm -hmm. as opposed to these three? I feel like anyone else would have been like, wait, wait, hold on. Probably.
0: They'd be very suspicious.
1: Yeah. And it would fall apart very quickly.
0: You need members that are particularly close to Harry Mm
1: -hmm.
0: to really buy into this Mm -hmm. as helpful. Lee Jordan, maybe. Mm -hmm. And I'm not including the twins because the twins.
2: They've
0: left. They've left Hogwarts. They're not eligible for this particular mission. Yeah. Because uh, obviously they would do it in a heartbeat. Yeah. Uh, Lee Jordan might.
2: Mm-hmm. He might
0: be down for it. But like Angelina Johnson, Alicia Spinette, Katie Bell, I don't I don't know that they'd be like, yeah, let's do this on a whim.
1: Well, especially because it doesn't seem like Harry's been very vocal in the past about his...
0: Ernie McMillan would anything.
1: not. Yeah. He'd be like, we're going to get in trouble. We're breaking into the Ministry of Magic. <laughs> do
0: you think Cho would?
1: Oh, I don't know.
0: Now that she's had the the Rita Skeeter article come out, and... well, she's
1: had that, but she also had Harry making snarky comments about Marietta. Yeah, Harry might have burned that kind bridge. Kinda deserved, but she would also he was want... rude about it. though. She was, and he was, and I mean, there's also some desire of needing to avenge Cedric. So maybe that would also.
0: I think Harry burned the bridge. Her. I think she might do it. Mm -hmm. But I think Harry burned the bridge, so I don't think that's a viable option at this point. Although, Cho has proven herself to be competent. Yeah. So that's a talented wand that you have rejected. Yeah. But anyway. Third room does not work. Fourth room, there are clocks everywhere. All shapes and sizes.
1: It honestly reminds me of my parents' house because my dad loves clocks so much.
0: Clocks are everywhere. They're all shapes and sizes. So they come up on this large glass orb Mm -hmm. that features a hummingbird in it, and it's caught in this jar in a continuous cycle of birth, life, and death. It's really, really cool. Repeat, repeat, repeat.
1: It reminds me of one of those things where you'd have it on your desk, and and when you're bored and procrastinating, you would just sit and stare at it for hours, and it would never get old.
0: So, okay, I'm going to ask you the same thing that we've talked about in other rooms before. Hmm. A, is this just a display? Or is this a real hummingbird that they've trapped in a <laughs> time loop cycle that is now condemned to eternity of being birthed, living, and dying?
1: Okay, well, two thoughts off of that. One, if it is, it's nicer than just vanishing animals because we still don't know where they go when they're vanished. Or turning them into, like goblets and whatever because i still maintain that that's
0: animal cruelty
1: yes the other thing it reminds me of is that greek myth and i cannot for the life of me remember which no i do remember it's prometheus he is the one who gives fire to the mortals and because of it he's punished to every day get his organs like ripped out of him and then he's reborn the next day to have it continually cycled of, like, dying every day. So it kind of reminds me of that, minus the whole, like, torture of your guts being torn you out You don't know how you. this hummingbird
0: feels. <laughs> True. I, I mean, it's caught in this loop.
1: It's interesting to me that it's a hummingbird and not a phoenix. Because, I mean, that is what a phoenix does, right? It's reborn from its ashes. Well,
0: phoenixes are particularly rare creatures. True. Granted, they are the real-life version of what you're experiencing. Right. But I truly think they literally got a hummingbird just shoved it in there and encapsulated it in this time loop
1: i wonder why a hummingbird as opposed to anything else maybe just because it would be an egg as opposed to like yeah abama, some bird you know? yeah
0: to really show the birth effect yeah but
1: it's cool though i mean jenny wants to stare at it a little bit and harry's like come on we gotta move and she's like we were just spending all that time looking at the stupid arch.
0: Yeah, Ginny does seem particularly entranced by this particular thing. I'm sure it's pretty. I- I'm sure it's captivating, mm-hmm. just kind of seeing the whole life cycle play out right in front of your eyes in, you know, minutes.
1: It seems like something that would be in, like, one of those museums, like the Museum of Science and Industry. I'm just doing all the Chicago things today. <laughs> I feel like it'd be, like, a whole exhibit of just growth. This and podcast cool presented thing.
0: to you by the city of Chicago. <laughs> Uh I wish. I wish. (laughs) Um, So we get through the fourth room Mm -hmm. and we enter the fifth room which Harry immediately recognizes as... Oh, this is it.
1: And this is a room that's off of the room with the clocks. It's not like they went back into the center. Right. So
0: he got into the clock room and was like, oh, this seems right. Right. Because it he... glitters. Yeah. So he goes through the clock room to the next door, which all of these rooms have other doors. Mm-hmm. Um, so each This must room... be the
1: only door in this room, though, because it seems like all the other rooms had multiple doors.
0: They only mention the one. We don't really know. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, it seems like some of the rooms are interconnected to what mm-hmm. degree we don't really know. Um, it all goes to the disorienting part of the Department of Mysteries. Right. But anyway, we go through the clock room and we hit this fifth room that is high as a church and full of towering shelves covered in small dusty glass orbs. And he notices the temperature of the room, very cold.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, they're, they're all labeled, some with a weird liquid glow inside of them, and others are dull and dark. Right. Um, so... Before we get to all of that, let's just take in the room. What are, your, what are your thoughts on just generally the
1: room? I mean, I've never been in a cathedral this big, but it reminds me of the pictures I've seen of like the ones in Europe that I feel like walking into it, you feel like you're an ant, and it's just so overwhelmingly large, but also beautiful. I'm personally, personally like a sucker for glass things. And I imagine all of these like, balls these orbs are probably fun little different colors and stuff which also reminds me of the movie um the pixar movie uh, inside, out. inside out yeah with the room with all the different colored balls i kind of get that vibe but more macabre i guess
0: you mentioned earlier with um the room with the black veil on it like just how big is this
2: mm-hmm.
0: and we've talked before on the podcast about you know, does each time a prophecy... Like, has this room been adding prophecies since, like, the yeah, beginning like, of
1: time? You know, like, like, always how- expanding, like, the universe.
0: This description makes me feel like it's magically infinite. Yeah. Like, this could be a magically infinite room. Yeah, I can see that. And they just keep adding and adding and adding, and it's going higher and higher and higher. Well,
1: especially if it's, if it's one of those things that, similar to the archway, we're assuming that it's been there since existence... I mean that's centuries worth of predictions to have shelved away.
0: So here's my question to you:
1: mm-hmm.
0: Are the? I would like to see a visual of like how many are these light, liquid, glowing bulbs, and how many are the dark and dull ones, mm-hmm. and where are they? Mm-hmm. So, <clears throat> for example. If this works as in the most recent prophecies are down below where people can easily get to them, and the older ones are like way up in the vaulted ceiling. Wait
1: a second. Question, not to to completely derail you. What year is this supposed to be taking place?
0: It's probably 96, I want to say. Yeah. This would be spring 96. Okay. Do you think that the dark and dull orbs Mm -hmm. are either prophecies that have been completed? Mm Mm-hmm the participants in the prophecy have died died. like what are your thoughts on why there's the difference in color
1: i feel like it's probably the prophecies have either come true or didn't come true or yeah probably i mean if the people have died then the prophecy couldn't continue on so i would imagine like the earlier rows, one through who knows how many are probably all dark maybe there's, like, one per row that's still got some light to it. And then as you go further towards, like, the 97, 98, 100-plus, there might be more that are lit up.
0: I like to notice how they're organized. Like, are they organized like that? Or is it, like, the further out of reach they are, the older they are and less relevant?
1: I guess I was thinking always of it as, like, years. And the later the years the higher chance that the prophecy has already been completed so those rows are all dark and abandoned and further out that way I wonder if the door leads you out to the most recent prophecies because if there's 97 plus rows I mean imagine how long it would take to get from row 1 all the way to row can you 97 can inside this room? Oh, yeah that would be another good question because uh... otherwise you're walking for a long time <laughs> you need a broom just to get from one row to the other
0: i mean maybe i don't know it's an interesting question like i can just see the twins like popping in and out at different spots (laughs) i
1: don't know it just makes me think of like endless libraries but just orbs instead of books yeah kind of yeah
0: so we get to the the action part of this chapter where row 97 no one seems to be there yeah It seems to be pretty vacant, pretty empty, like not even a speck of dust out of place.
1: I think this is the moment where the real panic really sets in for Harry.
0: Real panic.
1: Real panic, yeah.
0: Because he's like, well, either two things have happened. Either Sirius has been killed and they're long gone, Mm -hmm. or I really messed up. Yeah. (laughs) And this is a problem. (laughs) And I like how
1: there's the the moment of, Okay, well I just can't see them clearly cuz the lights are so low. Like if I go further down the down the aisle, I'll see him. It's like oh child. Like I don't know how long these rows are. Maybe it is like a a you know, city sidewalk block long or something, but if you don't see anything that is a problem. Well,
0: you're expecting to see the Dark Lord torturing something. Right. Like That's you should not... have been
1: hearing him screaming, you should have you could you could see It's not it, like Boldy's there... like
0: the one to hide in a shadow. He right. he's fully confident in his abilities to be out in the open just being like
1: Hey I'm torturing you right here. I don't have to do this in a closed room. Right.
0: But anyway, Ron notices something interesting here mm-hmm. at the end of row ninety seven. He sees a label with Harry Potter's name on it and the label also reads SPT to APWBD <laughs> dark lord and question mark harry potter yeah and that's just interesting in itself yeah and we can get a little bit more into that in the whole spoiler section mm-hmm. but um
1: not what he's expecting to find
0: not what he's expecting to find and especially the question mark. The question mark throws everything into, like, yeah. what is that about? Yeah. Um, Hermione and Neville are very cautious about it.
1: This 100% reminds me of that meme that's like, Harry, no. Harry, yes. <laughs> and they're just like, don't touch it. This is stupid. And he's like, <laughs> and just reaches out and grabs it.
0: Well, he even refers to his actions as...
1: As foolish.
0: Reckless. Yeah. Reckless is the word he uses. Yeah. I felt reckless. And I just grabbed it.
1: It reminds me of when he first interacts with the Pensieve. And he's like, I know I probably shouldn't just stick my hand into some magical substance that I don't know what it is. Impulse
0: control, Harry. Impulse he doesn't control. have
1: it. I'm like, I get you're a teenager, but child, this uh, is dumb.
0: I firmly believe that he should have listened to Hermione and Neville and at least proceeded with caution. Yeah. Because now you know no one's there. Mm-hmm. And if there happens to be right in that spot where you thought you had to go, a thing with your name on it, mm-hmm. maybe you should backpedal away from this thing.
1: I wonder if there would have been a way to remove it from the shelf without touching it. Like, could he take his wand and just kind of, like, knock it off, <laughs> you know, and, like, catch it I, into his robes or something?
0: I don't know that that would work.
1: <laughs> Probably not, but I like to imagine multiple it. levels. <laughs>
0: But anyway, once he grabs it and removes it from its little pedestal,
1: he said it's warm.
0: Uh, he, there's a voice that comes from the darkness mm-hmm. that says, "Very good, Potter. Now turn around, nice and slowly, and give that to me." Dun dun dun! And that's how the chapter ends. <laughs> On Talk one, about
1: a like, crazy cliffhanger! cliffhanger. Yeah.
0: yeah. So. Uh, do you have any other thoughts for the non spoiler, really quick? Or do you want to take a break and get to the spoilers?
2: Let's get to the spoilers.
0: All right. We're, we're going to take the break here. We are going to be right back with the spoiler section where we have a couple of interesting conversations to have. So we will be right back. <laughs> All right. So we are back with the spoiler section of chapter 34 the Department of Mysteries. And before we get into the mystery of the Department of Mysteries. <laughs> Uh, we'll double back a little bit and talk about the orb itself. Uh, so, obviously, the initials that are labeled on it, it's Sybil Patricia Trelawney to Albus Percival Wolfric Brian
1: Dumbledore. <laughs> I love that Brian in his name.
0: Brian. <laughs> and uh, the Dark Lord is the Dark Lord. Mm-hmm. And Harry Potter. But it says question mark Harry Potter. Yeah. Uh, which is odd
1: (laughs) well Dumbledore says later how originally they had it as a question mark because they weren't sure if it was supposed to be Harry or Neville but then after Voldemort attacked then it was like okay clearly this is supposed to be Harry Potter he has marked him as his equal
0: so do you think the engraver for this is like what do you want me to do guys
1: (laughs) question mark
0: (laughs) fine I give up I'm just putting a question mark (laughs) you guys aren't sure I gotta get this thing in
1: yeah But no, this is the weapon. This is the thing that we've heard about since going to Grimauld Place. This is the information of how Voldemort can destroy Harry. It's all in this little dusty orb.
0: Do you think, like, Harry's got to take a second here to just (laughs) consider the idea that maybe, just maybe, (laughs) this is why he's here. You would think. Like, wouldn't you just take a second?
1: Well, just the fact that you see your name, like not even your initials, your full name printed out somewhere you've never been before. It's a place that you barely knew existed. And you're like, oh, I'm here. How jarring would that feel?
0: Not like a, hey, this is too much of a coincidence. (laughs) This seems a little off.
1: Yes. No, it's 100% a trap.
0: I yeah, I mean the whole thing just reeks of a trap.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I mean, there's no one in the Ministry of Magic when mm-hmm. you think there should be people. Everything just seems to be wide open for you to just yeah, you're just wandering. The of Magic.
1: Who cares how like quiet or loud you're being? No you, one's going to stop a bunch of teenagers going you, on a field trip to the Ministry of Magic. You've
0: had mini- you've had Order of the Phoenix members
1: mm-hmm.
0: get caught. Trying to get into the Department of Mysteries mm-hmm. and be sent to Azkaban, but you and your teenage friends can just wander through. Just
1: I, I bet later in book seven they're wishing that the Ministry was this empty, like when they try to go in and oh, steal yeah. a locket. Like just remember when we could just like waltz right on in and. Oh, just... you
0: mean the Ministry is functioning the way a <laughs> Ministry <of> magic should. <laughs>
1: I have to wonder though, like how they did manage this. Like I don't know if it was Polyjuice Potion or Invisibility Cloaks or whatever, but I imagine they had Death Eaters come in and just sweep the place. Yeah, they had Death. That must have, be the right? most
0: coordinated, like Black Ops, yeah, like mission ever. If that's well, we know the they case, already
1: have insiders. Like Voldemort has his insiders. They have some the insiders, ministry.
0: but I mean, still, not a lot. But regardless, even if it's the way you're talking about. Just in general,
1: do you think they pulled the fire alarm?
0: to completely empty the Ministry of Magic <laughs> so completely
1: uh-huh.
0: It's one of the it has to go down is one of the greatest, like, I don't even know what you would call it. I don't
1: know if, like, I mean, we know later on Fudge pops up and a whole bunch of other people pop up. they, they pop up up from the flu network, right? Like they're popping out of the fireplaces. Yeah. So they had to have been pulled somewhere. I wonder if there was some, like...
0: I get the impression they were at home. Maybe. But, I mean, okay, so let's explore that option. Do you think Voldy sets off something somewhere?
1: And they all have to go inspect it?
0: But still, that would account for the minister and maybe the orers. Yeah. But there's still regular employees. Like, well, uh, seriously. Maybe seriously, it's like... What about the janitors? Like, just walking around here... Well, what about
1: Eric? Where Where's our our security car?
0: That Voldy was clearly afraid of at the... <laughs> at an earlier point in the book
1: right i don't know if it was like hey big department meeting in this there's cake come like you know like something to distract them that was innocent enough that everybody would go or if it was we've stunned everybody and just put them elsewhere there's not an
0: alert that goes out when someone uses the visitor entrance of the ministry of magic you would think so like i I mean
1: maybe they did a curse on eric to allow anyone to come in you know like uh
0: okay yeah but eric's not the only security guard at the (laughs) ministry like
1: i don't know but it was making me think like fudge you were saying he was probably at home do you think fudge works in the department of ministry building or is it more similar to like America where, you know, president's in the White House and there's Congress. No, and... he works
0: at the Ministry of Magic building. Mm-hmm. He probably has a specific residence nearby. Mm-hmm. But no. Because he... like
1: when we see the Minister of Magic in book six, I mean, we know that that's the Muggle minister. But I was just wondering like if the Minister of Magic works literally within the building where everybody else is or if it's more like no, a would, separate location. I would imagine
0: he's in the Ministry building. Okay. That's where his official office would be.
1: So they all went home for the day?
0: I <laughs> assume so. I mean, that's how it struck me, but we'll maybe, get to that chapter.
1: Maybe they set off some Weasley fireworks in swamps, and we're like, we can't do anything here, guys. You gotta go home. I don't think
0: they're in Diagon is <laughs> up and running just yet. But, um, no, so, it, it just, it it's seems, It's very suspicious. It seems really fishy that this would just be completely open for you. Mm-hmm. And then the fact that you get to row 97, Mm-hmm. And there's nothing there
1: except your name.
0: Get out! Yeah. <laughs> like at, at that point, just get out.
1: What do you think Eat they your would pride, have done? Because I mean, if if Harry were to leave knowing that this is a trap, I feel like then all the Death Eaters that are hiding would have tried to stun him or something, or forced him to take it.
0: I would imagine they would try to stop the escape, yeah. Mm-hmm. And then they would, and then the fact that you brought all of your friends here is leverage for them, yeah. To actually torture them, so and you make grab you pick the
1: prophecy. it up, yeah.
0: Like this is, I mean, you've already lost. The fact that you're even in the Hall of Prophecy, yeah, you've lost, yeah. So
1: it's all downhill from here, Harry Potter.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's, we we've talked about it before. The idea that I know if Voli would do it, I know if he'd have killed Sirius. Mm-hmm. I haven't felt him do it yet. Mm-hmm. he yeah, doesn't sit and wait. To do that yeah he does it whenever he likes yeah that alone is an alarm bell being like hey wait a second if i saw this and then just long gaps of nothing <laughs> i wonder well, just
1: imagine how long like they had to travel all that distance they already had to go like deal with umbrage that was hours like how long do you wait? I know you and Julie were talking about this, but, like, literally, like, how long do you wait and twiddle your thumbs before you're like, well, I guess he's not coming?
0: <laughs> Voldy seems to know Harry very, very well. Yeah. At this point. Yeah, he does. So, I mean, he bait that hook and he got a bite.
1: Mm-hmm. And he's just
0: waiting to reel it in and he got him. It was just frustrating. And Julie and I, again, talked about how, just the lead up to this. It's just so frustrating because you're like... It's not even that hard to see the trap being set.
1: To be fair, though, I think I would also fall for it and pick it up. If I saw my name on something, yeah, no, I mean, I'm picking it up.
0: I got it. Okay. As much flack as we give Harry for all of this, <laughs> I, I probably would bite on the trap as well. If I was in Harry's situation, yeah. all, all things considered, I'd probably bite on that trap, too. Like I'd be the emotionally... rescue mission,
1: of course, I'd be emotionally involved. Maybe I would probably be smarter and getting more in- adults Emotion emotion
0: fogs everything. Yeah. Emotion clouds your logic. It makes you act rash. And yeah, I I probably would be as solely focused on this as Harry was. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: In in that moment, would I pick up the orb, is what you're asking me? Yeah. No. No? No. How come? Because it would be, at that point, panic would set in. And and I'd be be like, like,
1: it's a trap? Kind
0: of. Yeah, I'd be like... Said
1: in like General Akbar's <laughs>
0: voice. I, I would be like, oh, this this is bad. Yeah. So I'd be more focused on trying to get out.
1: See, I would hope that I would do that, but I think realistically I'd probably touch it and be like, I don't know, what's what's my name doing here?
0: I hope I would take a... If I wasn't in just sheer panic trying to get out of there, I would take a second and be like, why would he try to lead me here Mm -hmm. and now there's this thing with my name on it right next to where he wanted me to be (laughs) anyway
1: i guess the follow-up question then is like do they do they know that this is the hall of prophecies like do they know that these are prophecies at this point
0: the kids yeah they don't right yeah
1: so i mean like i guess if you knew it was a prophecy how would that change things? Would that make it even harder to not? That touch would make it? it harder,
0: cause it'd be you'd be more curious to see what the prophecy is. Mm-hmm. Which is probably why they have all of this stuff locked away in the Department of <laughs> Mysteries, which we've talked Fair. about before on previous podcasts, Fair, about yeah. how you know, why would they even feel the need to put prophecies down here? And it's that playing with fate yeah. thing. Yeah. And would you try to do things that you wouldn't normally do to either have that prophecy come true or dispel it completely.
1: Which usually always makes that thing come true. So so
0: they're trying to lock these away so that people don't try to alter their fate and then do other things they wouldn't normally do. Mm -hmm. You have a history of the Department of Mysteries.
1: I do. So I looked at the Harry Potter Wikipedia, and it didn't give as much information as I wish it did because this place is fascinating but it was founded around 1672, which what I thought was interesting about this is they said the Ministry of Magic itself was founded in 1707. So the minist- the Department of Mysteries existed before the Ministry did. Um, in terms of specific history, they talked about how in the 1830s, 1840s, uh, the Minister at the time, who was Rodolphus Lestrange, different from the one that we know in the present time, Uh, He tried to close it down. He didn't want the Department of Mysteries to be doing its own thing because they didn't have to respond to the the oversight, you know, of the Ministry of Magic, basically. Um, But all the unspeakables ignored him. So they are just like, no, we're going to keep doing what we're doing. Deal with it. So they did. And then what I thought was really interesting was the 1890s, they said that they were experimenting in time travel. And specifically, those experiments were discontinued in 1899 because a witch named Eloise Mintumble traveled back to 1402, which great time period to go back to as a witch, and she got stuck for five days. And when she was finally able to come back to the present, they said her body immediately aged five centuries, so she had to go to Saint Mungo's and you know deal with it there. She said um, 25 of her descendants just straight up vanished from existence. And then the first Tuesday after she got back, it lasted two and a half days long. But the first Thursday after she got back lasted four hours long. Not sure how that works, but clearly time was in a disarray. And then it just talked about how as we've already seen, the Department of Ministries focuses on the mysteries. The mysteries of love, space, time, thought, death, etc. Which we saw with the with the four different rooms.
0: Now it did say there were up to roughly a dozen rooms.
1: Yeah. So I wonder like what other things what are other mysteries
0: there? are they having down there?
1: Yeah. I mean we don't see space mm. right now, but we know they do go into the room with all the different planets eventually as we're running away um
0: could get into the just the origins of magic i wonder if there's just an origins of magic like how it came to be
1: yeah because i feel like that'd be fascinating to to learn about too but specifically like the rooms that we saw the room that they couldn't open was love love is behind that door which Dumbledore later says is like there's a reason why it's always locked it's one of it's the strongest force to deal with and it's very destructive as much as it is like a positive thing so it's so dangerous we have to keep it locked away
0: what do you think opens that room
1: maybe they have to do like a like a couple have to to open it together or something or or maybe doesn't even have to be romantic love it could be like motherly or fatherly love or or something but pure love maybe I don't know.
0: So you said that the Department of Mysteries has potentially existed even longer than the Ministry of Magic. Yeah. So did these rooms or did the things that are in these rooms mm-hmm. exist of themselves in these rough spots? We mentioned the Stone Archway and the non-spoiler.
1: I still like the theory that the Stone Archway was there first. Um, Which we'll get to in a second as to what that's supposed to represent. I like the idea of them doing some kind of massive magic to try to get these other forces contained within rooms. And then kind of organize it that way. And then from there be like, okay, well, we clearly can't move this. So let's build the Ministry of Magic on top of it. Because... I mean, this is the bottom floor of the Ministry of Magic. This is as, as deep as it goes. Makes sense.
0: And they did all of this work to try to conceal and disorient mm-hmm. anybody from actually getting down here and trying mm-hmm. to get in it. Because so, they
1: recognize, I mean, this is all dangerous stuff.
0: Yeah. So, I mean, they have, you know, this mystery profession of an unspeakable mm-hmm. working down here, but how much access do certain professions or certain people get to this area? Like, if the Minister of Magic wanted information on something that's in there, yeah, could he do like they have easy access it to it? Does Dumbledore, if someone of Dumbledore's stature and status and academia want to like go in there and study something mm-hmm. or research something, or would they just be
1: allowed in there? It definitely makes you appreciate how many hoops McGonagall must have jumped through to get Hermione a time-turner. You know? Because, I mean, the time-turners, is, is this is what that, that bell jar was with the hummingbird and all the clocks. Like, this is where the time-turners exist. They're studying right. time. That
0: to seemed... get that
1: for a 13-year-old girl, a <laughs> student, like, that's that's crazy.
0: Well, it, that seems to be the most readily accessible room down here. hmm So, I mean... And they wouldn't have an amphitheater setting for the archway in the veil if they didn't intend for that amphitheater to be right full. Full, yeah. Or at least maybe they want. Maybe this is why they have the big amphitheater for the relatively small archway. Mm-hmm. Is to ensure that people only stay so far away from it. They don't want. It's harder people and
1: harder to get down there.
0: Yeah, well, not even that, just distance. Just put distance between, like, you're only allowed to be at the top ring of mm-hmm. this amphitheater. You're not allowed to go down to the veil because we heard the whispering. We heard right, it, them it trying to lure you. you into the veil.
1: So I guess we should talk about that room. Like, this is the room that obviously plays a really big role in...
0: What, the end of this book.
1: A chapter or two, basically.
0: Next Next chapter and the chapter after that, it, it's yeah, this
1: featured. is where Sirius goes through the veil and disappears. And I know Julie was saying, like, you know, I, I don't want to call it death. Um, we do know he does die though, because later on we see his ghost come back to
0: his little wizarding force his, ghost, his guy, yeah, his, thing.
1: his force ghost. I like that his, his wisp of himself that comes and leads Harry to death which
0: was used with the resurrection stone right so in theory that so we know yeah he death. had
1: to have died and i do i love how this room and maybe this is just me being morbid but i love how they appreciate there's a beauty behind it as well as like there's the fear that goes along with it and how it's very eerie and and open and uh, Like the fact that it's like crumbling but barely sticking together But somehow still does like there's just this this I don't know this this beauty behind death that I think the only people who can truly appreciate are the ones who can see the festivals like the ones who have come closest to death Jenny hasn't like seen anyone die, but she got pretty close to death herself so I feel like that's why she's as moved by the room as like Neville is. So
0: I would imagine anybody around here mm-hmm. hears something unique.
1: Mm-hmm. I
0: don't think it's a token, generic, mm-hmm. vague thing. Harry seems to hear Ron through the veil.
1: Well, he was like, Ron, is that you? But I don't think he was being like, specifically that was Ron's voice. I think he was trying to say that to justify why he's hearing voices
0: oh i don't know i think it seems pretty genuine i think he heard ron through it
1: i read it as like i'm hearing voices ron was that you saying something no, i didn't say anything mate oh, I i'm like over here
0: i read it very differently i read it as if he's almost hearing ron's voice through the veil interesting and then ron was like no i'm over here
1: oh interesting
0: so i i think it almost lures you in with something it can perceive or read in you as something you feel close to Mm -hmm. that you want to either be with save from or whatever have you but I think there's a more mystical nuanced thing about it.
1: Okay because I've always read it as these are the voices beyond these are the dead calling to you trying to lure you towards death towards the veil and when he asks, like Ron was that you it's more like I'm kind of wondering why I'm hearing voices, which we know Harry has done multiple times before that other people can't hear. And it was kind of just being like, I don't want to say that I'm hearing voices. Ron, was that you no? Okay. So, but then Luna being like, No, the voices are coming from beyond. It's it's them. And he's like,
0: Oh Do you think Luna would hear her mother then? Yeah. Do you think the voice then changes after the events of the next chapter, and he might hear Sirius, probably calling for him. to I'd probably through.
1: be Sirius plus his parents plus. I feel like it'd be. It would be interesting. He I feel like hear it'd be a, a chorus of. But of I guess voices. he doesn't really.
0: But he doesn't know. He doesn't know, the know what the sound like. Yeah. I mean, thing.
1: other than going into the fifteen-year-old versions of his parents, he wouldn't know what adult. I mean, did what did. Well, then you know, we did uh, James hit puberty in, in Snape's memory? That, like, but
0: it's also through Snape's memory. True. So we don't know if that's like their true voice or like a distorted, right through someone else's perspective. I mean, the
1: only other memory he has to go off of is just seeing them in the mirror and he couldn't hear them Do you think memories mirror? are
0: another room in here? Cause we've, oh, it's got to be. Because Molly and I a long... The
1: pet probably came from the Ministry, the Department of Mysteries.
0: Molly and I a long, long time ago. Spoke to the interesting magic surrounding just memories.
1: Well, just the fact that you can hear everything around you, even if you do specifically. There's probably some
0: intrigue. I would bet that memory or memory-based magic is a part.
1: I wonder if that's the part of the room that has the brains.
0: I mean, maybe you know, thought-related. There's so much depth there, and maybe other rooms in the ministry of magic have appeared as a result of yeah. some of the research being done in that
1: particular room. Oh, could you imagine like going to work someday and being like there's a new door here and then being the first one to walk through it?
0: Well, I don't like I don't know if it just magically appears once uh like a secret of magic has been unlocked.
1: I could see that.
0: Or if someone actually like discovers something and then and they have the to room. create something to
1: I like the idea of video game logic, of it just appears one day. (laughs) And you have to walk through it. Congrats,
0: you have now unlocked Unlocked. memories. (laughs) Um, But there's so much to the brain alone because, you know, the brain is everything. It's -hmm. it's thought, it's emotion, it's memory, it's senses. I mean, there is so much to just that. Right. Alone. Right. So, yeah, I mean, maybe research in that room has sprouted some new knowledge what i find
1: interesting too is that a lot of the things that they're studying are things that the muggles are also studying like the idea of space space exploration that that muggles are also trying to do that thing i mean the wizards obviously are able to get more up close like they talk about ron getting up close to i forget which planet it is but I don't know if they're literally traveling through space. Well, Which, if that's the case, it reminds me of Marvel with, like, the Space Stone. You know, yeah, The Infinity but Stone.
0: We're taking... The events of this chapter take place in 1996. hmm Space travel is a thing. Right. Like, muggles have achieved that.
1: Right, which is what I'm saying. Like, the, the fact that we're all studying the same thing. But, but if, I wonder what... I wonder if it's, like... Muggles can only go so far in their spaceships. I wonder if this is magically like... We know the planets are out there. We have astronomy. We study it. I wonder if they can almost do like like a Google Earth and zoom in, zoom in, zoom in. But just be in the room and just pull like Neptune towards you. And be like, okay, zoom in, zoom in, zoom in. What do you see?
0: So you're thinking they're doing space travel without actually traveling.
1: Kind of. Like I I imagine those big astronomy... Like Harry talks about once going down Diagon Alley and he sees one of those nice models of the solar system and he's like, man, if I had that, I'd never have to study astronomy again. I almost imagine that room is like that, just real life.
0: Well, you think wizards are supposed to be more advanced than the muggles around them Mm -hmm. and they almost scoff or laugh at their attempts at innovation right and they're like well why do you even have to do that if we can do x y or z right so that intrigues me like they have to take note if they sent a rocket into space and they'd be like oh that was interesting they'd have to have a comment on it and then two what about centaurs centaurs seem to have a unique tie-in with astronomy right but Do they even know that this room in the Department of Mysteries exists? Do they bring in centaurs to help... Yeah, do
1: they, like, run the room?
0: But if I was a centaur being brought in, A, you'd have to find a secret entrance because you can't just walk a centaur into the... (laughs) Seriously, people would have problems with it. Right. And then I would imagine the centaur would have a problem... Oh, with that fountain? With walking into the atrium and seeing the fountain where he's depicted as less than, even though he's contributing to this great source of knowledge.
1: Going back to your comment about the rocket... Like, what I kind of imagine with this room is they the wizards could be in the room and literally see the rocket leave Earth going to the moon or to Mars. Like, I, I imagine it's like a real-time the universe in the one room. And they can just explore all of it and see it as it happens.
0: Well, let us know what you guys think <laughs> on these It's theories. a
1: fascinating thing. Like, I love the Department of Mysteries. I, I love how much potential this This place has. It's super, super cool.
0: It's an unbelievably fascinating aspect of the Harry Potter wizarding world as a whole Mm -hmm. that gets remarkably
1: short time. (laughs) Yeah,
0: few mentions. It's it's rarely talked about. It's rarely like put out there. I, I checked the wizarding world of Harry Potter. Like you went to the Harry Potter wiki. I went to the Wizarding World, which should be the you know canon aspect mm-hmm. of whatever the world is. There's
2: not much. There's there. not much. It's
0: yeah. a lot of speculation-based stuff, yeah. at, at least from what I saw. So it's an untapped resource in this world. I
1: also wonder how many objects have... Made their way from the Department of Mysteries to the outside, as like, okay, we've deemed this okay for people to use. Like, the Time Turner granted a lot of permission needed, but it could come out. I really do feel like the Pensieve was something that came from this department. I wonder if, like, Polyjuice Potion was developed here, and then it was like, okay, well, this has reasonable applications to it. So, So you think there's like a potions room too? Maybe. Like, I, I just wonder. I feel like once if we're studying these intangible things that have such an impact on life, human life, but all life. I mean, do they develop things that then get sold in the real world or used in the real world to better help with certain? I mean, like, do love potions were did they come out of the room with the love and that's why they've locked it away for good? Like, I don't, there's just so much potential here, and it fascinates me. I love it
0: hopefully this episode has fascinated you <laughs> let us know by commenting on twitter <laughs> instagram leaving a comment on spotify uh check out our polls that we run both on spotify and on our socials
1: yeah maybe we should have a poll which is the favorite room
0: with yeah we will probably run a poll on which is the most intriguing room from this chapter
1: which is the most intriguing for you
0: yeah something like that
1: no i'm asking you oh
0: which is the most intriguing for me <laughs> yeah I mean, curiosity would say the locked room. Mm-hmm. But from ones that we actually got in and saw, I would probably say the prophecy room. Yeah. Just because there's so much there that could be fun to dive into.
1: Yeah, it's like untapped stories. Yeah. It's like, what if? Kind of. You know? Except
0: it's a dangerous room because obviously you can't pick up one that's not...
1: Right. Because you lose your mind room. if you touch it. Yeah. yeah.
0: So, I mean, it's interesting. Yeah. Um. But yeah. We'll have a poll out there uh, (laughs) so you guys can have your input. And obviously there's some links that you can click on wherever you find these episodes. You can support the podcast by sending a donation our way, which financially helps us out. We put a lot of time and effort into making these episodes for you guys. So it would be awesome to get uh, that support that way. There's also a leave a voice message link where you can... Literally leave us a voicemail and yeah. we can put that voicemail into the episode. You which can is tell us cool.
1: which room is your favorite and then we'll play it.
0: Yeah. And then we can have a discussion about that. <laughs> mm-hmm. So that's always an option. Otherwise, we will wrap it up for chapter 34, the Department of Mysteries. And we will be back <laughs> next week with a very unique and interesting episode that I really hope you guys enjoy.
1: I'm excited for it.
0: Yeah. it's a, It's going to be a cool episode. So we will be back next week with that. Thanks for listening. Thank you for listening to Hogwarts, a podcast. If you like what you've heard, please click the subscribe button on your preferred podcasting app and follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Hogwartsapod.